Hello and welcome to The Construction Revolution, the podcast that's leading the charge for change in the construction industry. I'm Maria Coulter, the construction coach, and I'm on a mission to bring positive lasting change. As an industry, we're crying out for greater profit margins, cash that actually flows, a more diverse and inclusive culture. We need companies to value themselves and their people. We need greater leadership. We need teams that trust each other and less stress. Oh, and we also have the small matter of the skills gap to solve as well. During this podcast series, I'm going to be talking to pioneers from within our industry who are doing things differently to solve these issues. I'm also going to be bringing you fresh ideas and perspectives from outside of the industry to inspire and guide you in bringing about some much needed change. As Henry Ford said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. It's time for a revolution. Are you ready to join me? Welcome to episode nine of the Construction Revolution. In a change from the planned episode, I'm talking to Kubi Springer, an award-winning international brand consultant. Starting her career in 1996, she's worked with some of the biggest brands in the world, including Nike, L'Oreal, MTV, Justin Timberlake, Rolls-Royce and Aston Martin. She's also the author of a book published last year called I Am My Brand. I recorded this episode earlier this week, which is the first week of the coronavirus lockdown. The content I know will help so many people in these uncertain times that I wanted to get it out to you as quickly as possible. I'm certain that you'll get some light bulb moments listening to this. Whether you're a business owner, CEO or an employee, you can all play a part in building your brand. I'm delighted to welcome QB Springer to the construction revolution today thank you for having me so kubi is author of i am my brand and founder of she builds brands and i started reading this book in january this year which i think is when it came out which i've absolutely loved um so i really was super excited when i reached out to you and asked you on the off chance because we've got a saying in the northeast where i come from the chai ben's getting out (laughs) so so I thought, right, okay, I'm reading this book. I think it's brilliant. I think it can help lots of people in the construction industry think about their businesses and their brands. I'm just going to drop Kubi an email. Oh, she's in New York at our book launch. She probably doesn't have time to uh, respond to this at the moment, but I was absolutely chuffed when I got a response to say that you you know, said yes to the podcast. Yeah. And you started your career in 1996 and you've worked with some big brands um I mean I know you've worked with Nike L'Oreal MTV Justin Timberlake Rolls-Royce Aston Martin and I think even maybe Beyonce as well did a campaign with uh, L'Oreal and Beyonce so yeah one of the things that I loved about when I started reading your book was the fact that you used visualization like you visualized a lot of the brands that you wanted to work with and and it looks like you've 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 taken them off your list um it wasn't as easy as that it wasn't as easy well as and then yes no no I know there's probably a, a whole like years like 10 years worth of work that sort of went on between it I don't know that but <laughs> but I guess it it, it well it, it it shows that the power of visualization and action Yes. can get you amazing results doesn't it can. it it can i think that i i always start off um by telling clients to do a brand audit 
So if you think about where we are right now with this kind of global crisis of COVID-19, the first thing that I would advise people to do is to take stock of where they are right now. Um, where is their business? And, and a real hard, honest look at yourself. Where is my business? Where are the weaknesses in my business in this current climate? Where are the strengths within either my workforce or my skill sets? And where is the biggest need currently? And then once you've got that audit in hand, then you can start to see where the opportunities lie and then start to visualize how you sit within those opportunities. So I don't think that one should have a kind of vision board in a vacuum, um, particularly in today's market. I mean, it's very different when I started my career in 1996 as a kind of bright-eyed 18-year-old visualizing the world, right? That was a very different time and error to somebody who maybe is running a business and has found that they lost contracts or, you know, they're having to let go of staff. Um, so I think before we get to visualization, we first of all need to audit where we are and use the kind of pestle analysis to be able to do that. So pestle for anybody who's listening doesn't know is looking at the political, economical, sociological, technological, legal and environmental landscape and then say, where do I sit? And we don't always give ourselves the breathing space to do that because we're so busy going, 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 going. And I think one of the blessings, excuse me, with right now is that we have the space to do that. And, and I would encourage people to look at this season where we're on lockdown in the UK to say, Rather than it being a period of fear and panic, it is an opportunity to take stock of where you are, to take stock of where your business is, and to not look through it through the lens of fear, but look through it through the lens of opportunity. So I'll give you a very practical example. I had a, a coaching, an e-coaching session with a um, accountancy firm. Now, accountancy firms, by default, their business model is that they go in front of clients and they bill based on time. And once we did the audit, we actually realized that the skill sets within their organization, both uh, accountancy skills, but also technological skills, meant that they could put together a very quick app for their clients, who for the most part are kind of traditional medium-sized enterprises. And so without doing that stock, all they would have done is run around like headless chickens, just panicking about how do we keep doing what we've always done. And in this time, you can't do what you've always done. You just can't physically, especially in construction, do what you've always done. So you need to take this moment to be able to do a comprehensive brand audit and look at the skills, look at the capabilities, look at the strengths, look at the weaknesses, look at the marketplace, and then identify opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's some amazing advice for people. Thank you. I just wondered though, if we could just talk a little bit about like what a brand actually means, because I think, you know, there's a lot of people who, um, they probably just haven't thought about it. You know, there's a lot of smaller businesses um, who are, they're just going about their daily business, you know, working on different projects and things like that. Mm. So I just wondered if, you know, if you could explain a little bit what you mean by, you know, your brand. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because you're white. People are like, oh, I want a brand. I need a brand. I am a brand. But not everybody even knows what a brand is. So you're spot on. Um, so a brand by definition is an emotional connection with your desired audience. 
by definition. A brand is an emotional connection with your desired audience. And what that basically means is that brand is not product, they're two different things, or service, nor is brand marketing. Marketing is a series of channels that you use to get a set of messages out to your desired audience. Marketing is what we call the push. So you will push a message on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter or in a newspaper or a billboard. That's marketing. Brandon is the pull. It's the reason why people come to you and they don't even know why they come to you. It's the reason why people are like, oh my God, I just love what you do, but they can't quite quantify it because it's emotional. It's heart space. It's not head space. And so if you think about every single great brand in the world, they pay people like me a lot of money to do one thing, which is to get you to think less and feel more. Because you think you're going to think about price points. You're going to think about, can I afford it? You're going to think about whether or not it's something that I need versus I want. But if you feel you're drawn to it, it's the reason why, you know, we'll go into a shop, Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Waitrose, come out with more shopping than we actually had on our shopping list. Because they have used the art of psychology to get us to feel something when we walk down the aisles, coupled with all of the feelings that we've got when we look at the advertising and the smell that we have when we walk past the bakery, right? Those are using all the senses to get you to feel something. So now let's bring that to construction. The million dollar question is, what do people feel when they think about your brand? You're in crisis time. If they're thinking, they're going to think, I can't afford you. And they're going to back off. But if they feel something, if they feel like, you know, I really respect that CEO. I really respect that, that brand. I really admire their ambition. Um, I really feel in line with what they're doing in the community. I really feel like I want to um, be associated to their advancement in technology. If they feel something, they're more likely to take action than if they're just thinking about your brand. And so the very, very first thing like all great brands is to say, what do I want them to feel? So Nike wants us to feel empowered. Adidas wants us to feel cool. Uh, Apple wants us to feel innovative. Um, McDonald's wants us to feel happy. Like every great brand is designed to get you to feel something when you buy into or buy from their products or services. I've definitely sort of had some light bulb moments, you know, with you just saying that as well, because I think, you know, the big challenge that the industry seems to have had and when you look at like websites and comms and things like that they seem to talk more about what they do mm. rather than how they actually make people feel I read a book recently about like purpose mm. and that the purpose is about like you know what you're doing for people and how you're sort of like connecting with people and you know construction is all about the built environment it's about creating spaces for people but it quite often just gets caught up in like well I'm doing this job and that's how much it's going to cost and they're going to be cheaper and do you know what I mean yeah, absolutely I was working with a construction firm and for client confidentiality I won't say the name but they're a very large organization and I said the community doesn't know that you have built or planted rather so many trees uh, off the back of your arrogance and they didn't feel that they needed to communicate that because they felt they were doing a really good job with the arrogance. And they, they are. 
but the community wants to be connected to you and know how you're benefiting the local community. You know, they, they built beautiful commercial spaces for some of the biggest retail parks in the southeast of England. Well, that's providing jobs for the local community. So if people are honed in on what you're doing, then they are going to get annoyed when they're hearing those drills, you know, late at night or they're seeing, you know, that their roads are being being disrupted because of your workmen but actually if they know that what you're doing is leading to new jobs or what you're doing is helping the environment then they feel something completely different about your brand and how did you get into working with brands like and you know you've obviously you're so passionate about it how did you like get into that in the first place well my backstory is so unusual in fact my whole career is is one of bizarreness so I <laughs> I started off uh, loving all things classical ballet and I trained at the Royal Academy for Classical Arts as a child and uh, and kind of built up a, a semi-professional career uh, between the age of four and 17. I had an agent, I did the Spice Girls tour, I was on CD UK. It was all quite bizarre when I was like 14, 15 and I got to 17 and I injured my knee. And when I injured my knee and unfortunately my career was over, the, the tour manager said to me, well, you can talk for England. <laughs> Have you thought about going into PR and marketing? And, you know, in 1996, the word brand was an anomaly, right? It wasn't really around, but marketing was. And so I got my first internship at MTV in their marketing department, and I loved it. And just kind of thought, if this is what this is about, I'm in. And, uh, and 25 years later, I've just built a career getting paid to do what I love. That's amazing. And what difference has it made? Like, you know, working with brands and, and the, the work that you do with companies, like what, what difference like has it made to them? I mean, branding is the business driver. It is the thing that drives profit when done well. It is the thing that drives investors to say yes. It is the thing that drives suppliers to stay with you during a crisis when done well. And I, I realized that the power of branding versus marketing, I realized the power of branding in my late 20s. I'm now in my early 40s. And I thought, God, if I can learn the science of this and then really help brands or companies to be able to harness their brand to be a commercial driver i don't know if you remember back in the day the marketing department used to say oh no you know marketing you can't measure it and marketing was always the first thing to go right back in the day and that used to drive me nuts in in, in the 90s in the late 90s in the early 20s and i used to think well that doesn't make sense and then i really studied the, the, the science of branding and actually branding is much more about science and it is creative fluff it's much more about understanding the psychology of your clients and consumers than it is about logos and cool designs um and so i'm hugely passionate about it because especially during a time like now, your brand is what you have to fall back on and it's what you have to strengthen because you have to be seen as the thing that's going to help your tribe feel they can get through this time. Whether your tribe are your staff, your internal stakeholders, or whether they're your clients, or whether they're your supply chain, or whether they're your investors, your brand has to be strong and you have to work on that and be intentional with it. And how do you... Like if you've never done any work on your brand and then all of a sudden like we're in this position that we're in now, how do you start that process of really kind of digging deep into the, the emotional side of things? Yeah, we always start off with why are we really doing this? Your why is so important because your, your what will change. 
So the what you do, in other words, the products or services that you offer will change. They're going to be forced to change because of the, 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 just the, the, the premise of the fact that your staff have to work remotely. So you have to go back to the drawing board of the why. And if the brand or the business has been going on for a while, then go back to the founder's why. Why did the founder start this? What was the original pain point for that founder? What got them out of the bed when they had no money to build this business? go back to the roots of the organization and then look at how does this why need to be executed in today's market so i want to give you a really tangible example construction firm that i was working with their why was that the the, the founder started off in ireland um, had come to the uk and really wanted to to prove to himself and to his community back home that, that they could do this, that they could come from nothing can be something. That's the why. It happened to be via drills and arrogance and construction and, you know, but actually the real essence of the organization is that we can come from nothing and become something. Get back to that real essence and then start saying, okay, what parts of our business are still needed in this marketplace that continues to drive that message home? So in their case, you know, building property end of their business, the commercial property end of their business is actually the part that is really going to drive this because people still need homes. And once we get back to normal commercial uh, organizations will still need offices in some shape or form or they'll need warehouses. Whereas the arrogant side of their business may not have as much need as it did before. So it's really about saying the very first step is getting back to the why. Why did the founder start this? Why are we really in business? And then it's how do we then present that based on what's needed in the marketplace today? And need drives once not the other way around. So don't get stuck with, well, we used to do this and so therefore we should still be doing this because that's all about what you want. The question is, what does the market need? Definitely. And I think, I mean, there's, there's a few things that sort of spring to mind. I mean, one of the things, there's going to be a lot of people in the industry that are forced to stay home, basically. Um, they're not going to be able to continue working on sites and things like that because we're getting some guidance that, you know, it looks like things are going to be closed down. Because obviously we've got to protect people, which is absolutely paramount. But how, do you, how can we get people to sort of, like, you know, try and get into that positive mindset I guess because like people have got the opportunity to to focus on this to think about why am I doing what I'm doing it's almost like you've got an opportunity to reset and and move forward so how how can you sort of get people to like you know get into that different way of thinking well, in the book, I, I wrote about a, an, an old Latin American tale. It's a folk tale. So it's been hundreds and hundreds of years old. And it goes along the lines of there was a young boy who was about to become a man. And in their tradition, he would go out hunting. And, and, and so he went to the chief in the village and he said, I'm afraid. You know, I don't know if I'm ready to be a man yet. And the chief turned to him and said, in all of us lives the dog or the wolf. Every day you have an opportunity to recognize the dog or the wolf. And the little boy said, well, what do you mean? So the chief said, well, the dog represents happiness and positivity and joy. And the wolf represents negativity and darkness and pain. And so every day 
you have a choice to recognize either the dog or the wolf that lives inside of you. But every day they are fighting. And the little boy turns to the chief and says, well, who's going to win? And the chief says, whichever one you feed the most. And for me, during this time, that story couldn't be any more prevalent. If every day you wake up and you feed the negativity inside of you, oh my God, it's going to be so bad. I, I have a member of staff and I had to say to her today, stop feeding the wolf. Every day I speak to her, it's so bad, it's so dire, it's terrible, I'm so afraid, it's never going to be okay, everything's poorly, it's all terrible, like every single day, versus feeding the dog, which is actually, maybe here's an opportunity. How can I look at things differently? How can I use this as a time to get closer with my family members? How can I use this as a time to reconnect with my children? How can I use this as a time to reconnect with myself? How can I use this as a time to say, let me look at my business plan again? How can I use this as a time to connect with other people in the industry? You know, classic, I'm finding now, People who traditionally you couldn't get access to because they were too busy in endless meetings. Now you've got access to them. You can hit them up on LinkedIn and they respond because they, like you, are sitting at home thinking, Jesus, what am I going to do next? So actually, this is an opportunity if you're feeding your dog or it's doom and gloom if you're feeding your wolf. The choice is yours. It's interesting as well, Law, because... I'm sort of in a couple of Facebook groups that have got quite a few thousand people in there and a lot of them are kind of small businesses and sole traders and there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity in there and you know they're all kind of talking about how they're struggling and things like that and you know I think social media can be really positive but I think in times like these it can totally feed the wolf as well can't it? It can and I think that that's a time for you to choose to do either one of two things either take a break of social media and get yourself in a support group that's much more positive. Um, I made a conscious decision uh, yesterday to say I'm going to come off social media I just need to regroup internally or alternatively you can say well actually I'm going to be the light in the darkness. I'm going to be the one that says, actually, I reached out in your case. I reached out to Kubi Springer. Why don't you listen to my podcast? This might be, give you a little bit of gumption and inspiration for today. Like you really can choose how you want to approach this. And, and it is a choice, you know, and, and just going back to your introduction where you talked about big brands that I've worked with. Success is a choice, not a, not, not a guarantee. It's a decision and it's a daily decision to say, actually, I choose today to feed my dog and to be on that path of success versus I choose to give up. Your choice. There's a lot of things that we can't control right now, but I'm a great believer in focusing on the things that we can control. Yes. Yeah. And the thing that you can control is your mind. Yeah. And the way that there are a lot of information about what's negative, there's also a lot of great information about how to get through it. You know, we're in an era now more than ever where Google is at our fingertips. Information is not the hard thing to find. It's the choice to say, I might be feeling that. So I'm, I'm not saying ignore how you feel, own how you feel. You know, every day I wake up and I write a journal. How am I really feeling? I'm feeling crappy. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling like I want to cry. I'm feeling like I want to stop. I'm feeling like it's unfair. Okay, great got that feeling out good now what are we gonna do yeah. <laughs> right? it's like don't ignore the feeling get it out put it in your journal talk to a mate have a cup of tea maybe have a cry great done that now what are we gonna do journaling is something that um i did a podcast on a few weeks ago because there's um, a guy called ollie applin who wrote a journal specifically for men mm -hmm. called the mind journal 
and uh, you know he's sort of really encouraging people because the thing is and it, it was interesting something clicked in my head when you were talking about um, brands and the fact that it's about an emotional connection because you know I mean I'm I don't really like to stereotype men and women too much but there are differences there in the fact that you know women will feel emotions you know will we'll feel them, we'll deal with them, we'll, we'll get them out, we'll write them down. And it's like, right, okay, we'll talk to our friends or, or whoever. And it's like, right, I can get on with my day now. Mm. Um, but from an emotional point of view, I think, you know, sometimes men really struggle to sort of articulate their emotions. And I think, um, so it's interesting, you know, how, how do you sort of get men to tap into that emotion if you're if you're getting them to think about their why and their brand? Well, I think, I think when you're thinking about, so, so there's two, two points I say, I think there's emotions and then there's emotional intelligence. And I think both men and women in the business world have to tap into emotional intelligence because it's imperative for business survival, particularly in this time. Uh, and your emotional intelligence is about empathy, it's about um, courage, it's about um, looking at things slightly differently. So I think everybody in business in this time needs to think about the emotional intelligence, number one. Number two, if it's not your greatest skill to start doing some of that digging work around the why, around your brand, then turn to other members of staff who are who do have that. So maybe there's some younger members in the team, you know, particularly in construction, you've got quite a big generation gap in construction turn maybe to some of the younger members of the team who might be millennials, who might be used to thinking and operating in this way and get them to start doing some of the brainstorming. You know, there's nothing wrong in this period in throwing away the rule book and saying, actually, we're not going to be top down. Maybe right now we need to be down up. You know, right now, maybe we need support from some of those millennials around how they would use technology to navigate this, around how they would, you know, what books and podcasts and things are they read around the power of why. I mean, I know that, you know, all of a sudden everybody's having to try and um, get on board with the, the technology side of things. And, you know, I've been sort of helping a few people like navigate their way around Zoom and it's like a revelation to them. It's like, oh, wow. So we can get all these people together. And it's a beautiful thing when you've got younger people around you in even the organization um, and you're able to tap into them. You know, I did it. I just did an article for Harper's Bazaar. Literally this morning, I was telling <laughs> phone call with them. And I was saying the, the, one of the most important traits for a leader is the ability to listen. And so now more than ever, you don't need to take it on yourself in terms of how your brand navigates this or how you build a brand, but do turn to people who are in your sphere of influence. And if you don't have them, reach out to them. You know, everybody's in the same place. So people are much more interested in collaboration now more than ever. I think that's a great point because quite often I think there is that kind of disconnect between what's happening at the top of an organization, particularly if they're a big company, yeah. um, you know, what's happening at the top of the organization and what, you know, what, what the boots on the ground sort of think and how they go about things. And there can be a, a mismatch between sort of messages up here and, yeah. and reality down yeah. here. And that's really um, important for businesses that are thinking about productivity. You know, if you're in, in construction, as an example, if your uh, core staff are having to work from home um, and you're thinking about, well, how do I increase productivity? How do I ensure that work is actually being done? Ask the question to them. What is the best way that this is going to work for you? Particularly if, you know, you've got parents with children who are home from school, you've got to ask the question. And you're absolutely right. You can't have a top down approach. You've got to have a collaborative approach and get 
stakeholder buy-in, whether that be junior members of staff or suppliers, you've got to have a conversation and be willing to listen. Yeah, and I think now more than ever, you've got to know your people, haven't you? And know what their strengths and weaknesses are, um, how they can play their part. Absolutely. And if you don't know them, ask the question. You know, as a leader, you don't have to have all the answers during this crisis because nobody's been here before. Right. So be transparent and say, actually, I don't have all the answers, but let's have a conversation. What do you think? And then be prepared to listen and then look at how that fits within the framework of your business. I mean, what sort of um, like stories are you seeing and sort of actions are you seeing from from brands that you work with? I mean, I don't expect you to name names, but, you know, like examples of like what people are doing. The first thing that brands did was contingency planning, right? So as a consultant, that's the very first thing I tell anybody to be doing is kind of doing some contingency planning for the SMEs that are in your tribe. We actually have a free contingency plan download on Kubi TV. Um, and you do need to be a member of our membership hub, which is £14.99 a month. But once you're a member, you can download all the resources. But this contingency planning is one of them. So you've got to do some contingency planning, number one. The second thing that I'm seeing brands do is collaboration, is actually saying, where can we reach out to people? Not necessarily always in our industry as well. Some people are saying, let's look at other industries to see how we can collaborate to be able to survive this. Um, and the other thing that I'm seeing that's happening, I think it's really good, is leaders are putting their hands up and saying, junior members of staff, you get on board to support us with the technology so that our business can continue a little bit like what you were saying, helping people with Zoom, telling people how Google Hangout works, you know, letting people know how Dropbox works more effectively, Google Docs works, you know, how they can do FaceTiming, how they can do IG Lives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, there's a new social media app that's come out called TikTok, you know, is your business needed to be on that? Get young people to show you how to do that. So those are the three things that I'm seeing at the moment. Contingency planning, collaboration outside of the industry if necessary, and also younger people supporting the technology. That's brilliant advice. And um, thanks for, for saying about the, um, the, the contingency planning information. I'll put some uh, links in the show notes so people can see like um, where to go to get some information and where to find you. And how are you kind of supporting your tribe from a mindset perspective as well? Because I know you've got Kubi TV. Um, I think you've recently launched, is it Boss Squad? Yeah, so, so we have two completely different businesses. She Builds Brands is a consultancy firm, which is for kind of the large brands that you mentioned where I, I work with them as a consultant. And then supporting the small business community, we have Kubi TV. Um, and so Kubi TV is a membership site uh, where, you know, when we started Kubi TV, it was once a month mentoring with me and then a whole peripheral of learning materials, audiobooks, e-courses, etc. But as soon as the crisis happened last week, I said, actually, I'm going to do daily mentoring with the members in Kubi TV um, because they need it. Right? They don't need one a month right now. It's still the same price, £14.99, but I jump on and daily I, I do a face-to-face -face with them. Um, equally, I do a kind of IG live where I jump on and I support people on IG live. Um, this week, I'm supporting parents and kind of I'm showing them what I'm doing with my daughter. So today, for example, she did PE with Joe Wick. So I showed that. I posted it out to my, you know, kind of 50,000 followers across all the social media platforms. Um, Mother's Day, I was talking to people about why don't you do virtual dinners with your mum. So really at the moment with my social media tribe, I'm supporting them, not necessarily in terms of branding per se, but just how do you, how do you create a new normal? 
Yeah, I mean, and that's something I've been thinking about with um, you know, the people that I kind of work with and that you know are on my connect, who I'm connected to. Mm. Um, it's it's about like, what is the best possible outcome at the end of this? Yeah, you know, it's not just you know, because I mean, when I'm working with clients, I sort of I get them to visualize what do they want in the future and all of that, and it's hard to do that right now because like we, no nobody really knows what what the future is going to bring but like you know question that I'm thinking is like what what is the best possible outcome that you want to achieve that is such a beautiful question to ask um and uh, and actually I think I'm going to get my tribe to listen to this just for that question alone because it's such a good question that you asked because I think the reality is like every single crisis right history is a teacher every single crisis comes to an end the 2008 crash, it came to an end and we bounced back. Foot and mouth came to an end and we bounced back. The um, Ebola came to an end and we bounced back. The year 1999, midnight, the world didn't blow up, 2000 happened and we were okay, right? Every crisis has an end. Every crisis has an end. Now, when you're in the crisis, you don't know where the end is, but that question that you asked, which is, who do I want to be at the end of this? Who do I want to be at the end of this? How do I want my staff to feel at the end of this? Um, what do I want to be able to say that I set some goals around at the end of this? You've got to have a, at the end of this, I want this. You might not know where the end is, but at least then whilst you're in it, you know you're working towards something. And then you can take steps every day to feed the dog. Absolutely. Get there. Yes, absolutely. Oh no, that's so true. And I mean, I've, yeah, I've got some great sort of WhatsApp groups and, uh, and there's some great sort of virtual networking happening and, and things like that, which, you know, I think everybody is pulling together, but, but yeah, I think it's, it's getting people into that sort of positive mindset on yeah. a daily basis, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, I think one of the things that practical things that you could maybe ask in your groups is one, um what am i grateful for and i think yeah. that as corny as that question is it is imperative right now because you can get into a mindset of oh it's so bad but actually what do you have right uh, and we all have something so one what am i grateful for uh, number two um what do i want by the end of the day and so you start to take this crisis in bite-sized chunks. What do I want by the end of the day for my business, for my brand, uh, for my family, for myself? What do I want by the end of the day? Uh, and so that might look like um, by the end of the day, I want to have started the contingency plan. Or by the end of the day, I want to have completed chapter nine on Kubi's Eye and My Brand and done the homework. You know, like just start to put this into bite-sized chunks. Um, and then at the end of the day, have somebody in your support group that you can say how, how that was for you. You know, what challenges came up? What came up and how did you deal with it? And how can they help you deal with it better the next day? That's awesome advice, definitely. And that kind of links with um, the podcast that's out this week, which was about the daily standards with um, with Derek Mills. Like he he talks about like, um, you you know, you, you, set, you can set goals, but you don't change your standards accordingly. Absolutely. So you can set a goal that you want to sort of run a marathon but if you're sitting on your couch every day like eating cake and stuff you're not going to run the marathon yes. and that and that got me thinking like when I was editing the podcast it's like well what daily standards can you set for yourself in this crisis right now you know 
like can can you get into meditation can you get into journaling yeah like can you go for a walk like you know and if you don't achieve it today that's fine you get up and you go again tomorrow yeah and the same principle applies for your brand so how can i support my uh customers today and it might not be something that equates to a direct uh sell today but relationships are everything in business so how can I support my clients? How can I support my customers knowing that we're going to get through this crisis? And who is the first person that they are going to call when we get through it? It's going to be you because the relationship was still intact. The relationship, in fact, was strengthened during the crisis because they knew that you were there for them in whichever capacity that needs to be done. That's so true. And, um, you know, we are seeing more and more people doing things in the community right now. Like, how can they support their community? Like, if they're building in their community or they want to employ from their community in the future when they get back up to strength again like if they're building relationships right now in their community then that's going to sort of you know give them the visibility in the future isn't it absolutely absolutely and it might be you know how do i put out a free podcast or you know like what i'm doing how do i do lunchtime with kubi on ig live for my community these are things that don't equate to direct you know money today but they do equate to direct money today and tomorrow tomorrow and the next day because branding is all about relationships going back to that question you asked what is a brand that emotional connection is a connection with your audience so how do you use this time to stay connected with your audience audience to reinforce what you say your brand is about so if for example uh, there's a company that i was working with and they said that we're a family-run business our brand is about being a family well in this time your clients need to feel like you're supporting them like a distant cousin there's some brilliant um sort of insights and, and advice that we've talked about today to get people thinking so i'm so grateful i certainly feel inspired by this conversation um <laughs> And uh, yeah, because I was, it was funny, you were talking about sort of gratitude, like when I woke up at half past three this morning and my brain starts whirring, I did actually, you know, you start to think about things. So well, I'm in a nice warm bed and, you know, you, you start to think about things that you are grateful for. And I think it, it's so important right now. And that is another way to, to feed the dog as well, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a take every day is kind of uh, steps towards building the brand you know every single day it's kind of do I need to write that proposal that I've been putting off or do I need to input those receipts that, that you know they've just been sitting in a drawer uh, do I need to use today to reach out to potential clients in the future on LinkedIn do I need to use today to write a, a blog or a vlog for my tribe like every single day just take bite-sized steps towards building that brand totally and if they can sort of set their vision for the end of this period and say right this is where I want to get to yeah. and they can start to take steps every day to work towards that can't they absolutely absolutely and also set the vision for yourself set the vision for your staff you know if you're a larger organization get the teams to set visions for their team um, think about how your staff can be supporting each other during this process I said to another client why don't you do lunch time you know virtual lunch times with the teams everybody have their sandwiches or whatever at lunchtime together so people still feel connected and not just feel like they've got seven conference calls for the day but they've actually got just a connection with you um so yeah really set your vision for your teams for yourself and and for your uh, your stakeholder groups as well yeah definitely well thank you so much for um for this podcast for coming on today it's been absolutely brilliant um and yeah i mean see you on the other side see you on the other side <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to my interview with QB Springer. My big question to you is, are you going to feed your dog or your wolf? I loved that story when I read it in Kubi's book earlier this year. I would highly recommend reading or listening to I Am My Brand. Also, think about the big question we talked about in the podcast. Where do you want to be at the end of this? If you're feeling stuck or struggling, get in touch. I'm offering free 30-minute coaching conversations, which may just get you moving again. You can contact me at maria at constructioncoach.co.uk. I'll put the links to Kubi's website and social media in the show notes as well. Next week, I'm talking to Simon Blake, Chief Executive of Mental Health First Aid England, a social enterprise whose vision is to improve the mental health of the nation and their mission is to train one in 10 people in mental health awareness and skills. Now more than ever, focusing on mental health is hugely important and this podcast will give you some tools and resources to help in these challenging times. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, please like, rate and subscribe to help others find it. And if you think others would benefit in your network, then send it to them too. See you next time.